This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians. With your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Conan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing if I gave you a crystal ball, would it help? We all had this dream, right? That you, you talked about all these future travel movies when someone would go back in the past, if they only knew what was going to go on, they could take advantage of it and become billionaires. And it was always this dream, if I only knew. So today I thought we'd take a look at what if we actually did give you that crystal ball? So so start off, Rob, we're going to go back to before that pandemic. I, I got to say, you were very early in on, you went on a trip over to Asia and you came back and warned us very early on that we were going to get a pandemic. I didn't believe you, but you did give us a warning that it was coming. We were actually pretty lucky as a as an office in that we were very prepared for it. And I sort of tried to instill the fear uh, in everyone at the time that things were about to change dramatically. And uh, we, had, uh, we had put a plan in place and we were literally within a day all working safely from home. So if you knew exactly this was gonna happen and you knew that the whole world was gonna not be able to go into offices anymore and all the meetings that used to happen in person would now have to change uh, around where people could no longer see each other in person, what would you think would be the best investment out there for you? Well, let's look at really what's changed. And if we, we go back to that time, there was, you know, the, the first thing was the, the, the shutdown or the lockdown. And for most individuals, at least myself, I, I figured if we just did that two-week lockdown and everyone stayed home for two weeks, that the whole thing would be over. And uh, that was sort of how long you needed for to get through COVID. Simple enough, isn't it? <laughs> well, it seems simple enough. And, and before we knew it, it wasn't quite like that at all. And it almost o- overnight, the world was working from home and there were lockdowns happening everywhere. As everyone remembers, it's something you'll we'll never forget. Um, I've talked about this before. I used to always say everything will work be- as long as there's cars on the road. And suddenly there weren't even cars on the road because none of the stores were open. Everything shut down. But there were some direct things that, that happened. And suddenly you had to work from home. There was no choice. And if you were one of those essential jobs, and ours is, we're in the financial industry, uh, we're managing the retirement plans, we needed to stay in business. We couldn't shut the factory down. We just had to move the factory to home. And so you start looking at technology. Right off the top, we needed to have laptop computers. Uh, We needed to be, uh, have all of our our information for our clients on the cloud. We could no longer rely on having everything in a database stored at, you know, 7787 Young Street. Um, uh, We needed to be able to communicate with each other as team members. We needed to be able to communicate with our clients. So we had client meetings scheduled that were no longer going to happen in the office. Um, And were they all going to be telephone appointments or what were they going to be? And so a lot changed very quickly. And it took a long time for some of that to come back. And in fact, some companies in the world, they're still working 
completely virtual. My son, his company doesn't have an office. It's never had an office and it's completely virtual. And it's a big company with over 300 employees. So it can be done. Most companies, doesn't happen. So what were some of the tools? If you knew about this pandemic in December of 2019, that were in existence at the time, that you could have went out and bought those companies before they exploded? Well, we, we used to do, uh, we always did sort of online meetings, but we used a tool called GoToMeeting at the time. And it was okay, but you know, it wasn't fantastic. But as uh, this change happened, we found there was a company out there called Zoom. And Zoom had great technology. It made meetings seamless. It kept on advancing. It was very, it was very much on the forefront of uh, telemedia, or whatever you want to call it at that time. And it made uh, it made meeting uh, virtual virtually very easy. Uh, so that was a phenomenal company. What was interesting is it caught on very quickly. And I remember one of the things that happened early on in the first couple of months. There was concerns that people could drop into your meeting unannounced. And they had security issues and it was the big thing. And suddenly, you know, uh, everyone shouldn't be using Zoom because it's got security issues, especially when we're in the financial business. You don't want anyone dropping into your meeting or listening into your meeting. But if we go back to, we've got that crystal ball now. We should probably be buying Zoom at some point in 2019. It hit the market in 2019, actually. It you know, became a publicly traded company. So it was already a big thing. We just didn't yeah, know about it. Yep. But when public April 15th, 2019, came out about $62 a share. And, you know, within the first, uh, before June of that year, it was actually trading. And this was pre-pandemic. Before we even knew the pandemic was going to come, it, it worked its way up to be $100 a share because it was a pretty good idea. This is what often happens with, with companies, new and exciting ideas. It, it's considered a growth company. It's a new technology. Everyone's excited about it. It's like nothing anybody's any, any, seen any before. It's going to replace all the other Zoom-type companies out there, go to meeting. And now we've got, you know, Apple's got their own, or sorry, Microsoft has got their own called Teams. There's lots of them out there. But Zoom changed the game. So let's say you figured that out and you got in the first two months and you got in for $100 a share. And so what are we going to, we're, we're going to buy, let's say we're going to buy how many shares? Are we going to, well, 100,000 shares, let's say 10,000 shares. Yep. Right? So that would be, you know. Let's say 1,000 shares, then you're $100,000. Okay. So we okay. buy 1,000 shares, you have $100,000. What do you think Zoom is worth currently? I think it's probably done pretty well. My guess is it's probably up, you know, it's probably doubled or tripled. I know it was I, worth a lot at one point, but... I would say so too. But believe it or not, Zoom is at $71. So that was 2019. We're now 2023. Four and a half years later... You put your $100,000 in and you picked the perfect investment for the perfect time. You got everything right. We gave you the crystal ball. You had all the information. And your $100,000 is now worth... $71,000. So we were late adopting to the technology. Most investors were probably late as well. Yeah. Maybe some caught on by, let's say, the fall or the summer of 2020. What were they buying that stock in at that time? Like, you know, uh, by, six months into uh, by the pandemic. By October 2020, with this about six months in, it was traded at $559. 
So it had gone from 62 to 559. So it's worth 10 times. So yep. it's what they call in the industry a 10 bagger. Yep. Okay. Now you'd probably want to get out then, but that's assuming you bought it at 62, but you didn't know anything about the pandemic yep. at $62. So you bought it at 500 because you think this is going, this is going to change the whole future. And it has really changed the future. But it's funny when you look at it years, a few years later. So you put $100,000 in and now it's only worth $71,000. And by the way, you've got no dividends or no distributions along the way. This isn't a bank. It's not paying you, it's not paying you quarterly dividends. This is a startup company, right? And most startup companies aren't profitable. They're having to expand so quickly. They're having to put their money into new employees, new technologies to stay even. And the thing everyone forgets is competition. Everyone in the world sees that Zoom's taken off. Microsoft sees that Zoom's taking off and that this is, this is here to stay. Zoom meetings are here to stay. So what does Microsoft do? It has this product that wasn't very good called Teams and suddenly it puts some money and resources behind it. Now it's just as good. It's even better because it's integrated with everything Microsoft. Well, they got, the, they got integration figured out. I mean, that's the key to these companies. Integration, if you look at Apple, what is Apple about? Apple, it's not the best at anything, but it's integrated everything all together, which makes you need Apple. Everything works together seamlessly. And Zoom is nice, but it's an isolated you know, program. So it's good for when you use it, but if you wanna go and hook means into all your emails and all your different applications, it's not as simple to hook in. Microsoft Teams realize there's a technology out there. They can easily develop, I, I won't say steal because I guess that's the wrong term to use, but whatever technology out there will become available to people to use. And they can integrate it with the systems that they have that are very well developed at that time. So let's look at another technology where the timing was just right. And it's a company called BlackBerry. Uh, there's a great movie out, a Canadian movie that was done on the rise and fall of BlackBerry. So if you haven't watched it, it's worth watching. I say it's a Canadian movie. So you'll, you'll know what I mean if you know what Canadian movies typically look like. But it's a, it's a great story. So tell us about if you had that crystal ball on BlackBerry, what would that look like? So I can remember the time, the actual time when I thought about investing in BlackBerry. And it was uh, David, David Letterman had Obama on. And he was just president. It was, you know, at that time where they'd have the president on. So it was a big deal. Remember, we used to watch late night TV and you'd stay up to watch these. And Obama got on and he has BlackBerry. And David Letterman was asking about the BlackBerry. And they were relatively new at the time. But it was interesting seeing the president of the United States is on TV talking about a BlackBerry. right? And I thought, this has got to be the next big investment. And I was about to throw money in. And for some reason, I must have been lazy that day and never put any money into it. And... So if we, what if we go through the history of BlackBerry? It came out in 1999, hit market, IPO'd. It IPO'd at about $2, right? And quickly, that was in 99. Within, let's say, the first six to eight months, it had gone up to $22. So share. by February of 2000, which was near the peak of the tech boom for the world, not for Canada. Canada was not till August when Nortel crashed, but in February of 2000, peak of the tech market, it rose from $2 to $22, another 10 banger. It's yep. up 
And it was so advanced, it didn't stop there because BlackBerry was changing the way everyone communicated. Remember, we used to go to our, our computer to get our emails. You could get your emails on your phone. It freed you. We now had freedom from the office. We could go in the street. We didn't have to go into work. We could go and get our email from the on our phones. I could send you text messages, anything. And yeah. it was all considered completely safe, completely encrypted, the best encryption in the marketplace. So the high point it hit was in 2008. And you remember at that time, there was, at that time they had competition. Apple, the iPhone was, was out. And the iPhone was, at that time, many people were saying inferior to the, to the BlackBerry. It, it had the big screens that people didn't like touching. You couldn't feel the keyboards. No one could have ever used to it. You couldn't really text while driving because you had to look at the screen, all these things that were wrong with it. But it seemed that Apple, again, had integration. So the high was $138 in May of 2008. So you've gone from $2 to 10 times that to $22. And then it's gone up another almost seven times to $138. So that's a great investment. But when would most people have bought it? Most people bought it when it became popular, 2007, 2008. Once they started using it and really liked the device. Yep. I remember, you know, I had multiple Blackberries. I, you know, one at a time, but every time there was a new model, I kept getting the new model. Yep. And they were, you know, a little better, still small, still sort of that, you know, oval-shaped little device, but it was great. And, you know, you could you could type really fast with it with your two fingers. Yep. And I'm still a two-finger typer on a regular yeah, it was great. <laughs> computer. So so it was perfect for me. So you've had the you've had the thing that changed the world. So where do we sit now? Right now it's $5.50. It's not paying any dividends. Its stock's been sliced and diced. Um, and once again, what happened? Technology came in. And Apple was already a player in the market. They were already an established company. And they just, you know, Steve Jobs just figured out We've got to, we can make a better device than this BlackBerry, and sure enough, they did. Same as Microsoft. What about cell phones in general? Well, if we go back to the original cell phones, you remember back in the 1980s, you might have even had one. <laughs> I pretty much had all the cell phones that yeah, were made. Since they used to be these big bricks, we called them, right? My, my first one was a uh, Motorola. It was a Cantel Motorola. Yep. Cantel was the provider, a uh, Canadian company, and Motorola was the type of phone. And Motorola owned the industry, right? And Motorola is famous from World War II. They've been around a long, long period of time. A great company. They've done, done great. They developed that whole technology. And, you know, if we look at Motorola as a company, in, in October of 1999, it was worth $177. Pretty good. So that's close to the tech, the peak of the tech boom, which you know, peaked in March of 2000. So that's a few months earlier than that. Now, if you look to when it hit $177, Motorola still exists. It's a different type of company than it used to be. Motorola still does a lot of things. It's still a very good company, but producing cell phones is not its main function anymore. But if you look at that price in 1999, do you know how long it took to get to $177 again? So why point that out? Well, most investors, and we remember that time period, October of 1999, we had clients leaving us in droves because their children could pick better investments than we could for their retirement. 
And so that's when they would have moved into a company like Motorola at $177. It took 21 years until Motorola got to $177 again. 21 years. I mean, we talk about investment time horizon. People go through five years and say, well, that's a long enough time horizon. How's 21 years to be to be in a negative position? That's a long hold. And I mean, now it's worth about 300. And as I said, Motorola is still a decent company, but again, it has changed and it still pays, you know, a small dividend, but that's because it's such a developed company it has been there for a while. But even that, Mike, you go back to October, 2020, and it was $177. It had taken 21 years to get there. 23 years later, it's only gone from 177 to 300. That's yeah. not a great return in 23 years. That thing should have doubled two or three times. And you picked the big player. You knew how it was going to change the world. You had the... The industry leader. Yeah. Just like you had the industry leader in BlackBerry, just like you had the industry leader in Zoom. Other interesting things. When we're talking about cell phones, what's the main use of cell phones now that we never, what, what do most people use their cell phones for 50% of the time? Well, the i15, iPhone 15. So there's been 30 now, I think it's 30 different iPhone models or 24 different models since it first released. The newest one has gone from four and a half times zoom to five times zoom. So it's, it's all about the camera. That's what cell phones are, all about the camera. Even the people who love their Samsungs, they always say, my camera's better than the Apple camera. It's all about the camera. And if you go back and look at digital photography was actually invented, if you look it up in 1975 by Eastman Kodak, right? So that was done by the Kodak company. And it was a long time ago, but that was early adoption and Kodak was the inventor of it. So what, what happened to Kodak? Over, obviously, digital photography has become one of the massive changes in the world and how people take pictures and how people communicate uh, their lives is all through digital photography. So Kodak invented that. What happened to Kodak? It's no longer in business. Went bankrupt 2012, 11 years ago. Yeah. It missed. And that wasn't long into when Apple started with the iPhone. It was only a few years afterwards that Kodak went bankrupt. And yet they owned the market. Every film that you bought was Kodak Film. Yeah. Kodak, I mean, later Kodak. on, there was some other companies. I remember Fujifilm. Remember you could buy Fujifilm at the yeah. time? Yeah. It was like a Kodachrome, right? It was like, <laughs> you could almost uh, call that a picture was a term for it. You know, when we look at companies now, like let's say a Tesla. Now, Tesla makes great vehicles and they're innovator. And you drive a Tesla and you, you've been thrilled with it and they make great things. And we, we wonder where the future of these companies is going to be because... As you can see right now, Tesla, Tesla did tremendous amounts of innovation. They, they really brought electric cars out on the market and made them available to everyone. So the interesting part is going to see what happens with that company because you're watching the competition now. Every major manufacturer, except for the, some of the Japanese companies, are producing electric vehicles. And some of the Japanese companies are, but it hasn't been there. They haven't made a big push. The Chinese companies, I was just reading about a, a Chinese company where they're making these things for $20,000, electric vehicles that can go 400 kilometers, and they're nice-looking vehicles. Yeah. So the future is going to have a real story to tell on how you know Tesla changed the world and to see where it sits 20 years from now. So I was reading an interesting article today, just hit the news feed, that... BioSteel is going bankrupt. So 
I'm going to tell you a little bit about BioSteel. BioSteel was started in 2009 by a Canadian hockey player and a business partner, Mike Camilleri. Really good hockey player, used to, I think, played for the Montreal Canadiens for a number of years. And he created this sports drink, and it was extremely popular. All the teams in the NHL use it, half the teams in the NBA, the NFL, the baseball. It is a popular drink. So started in 2009. In 2019, Canopy Growth came and bought them for $51 million. Four and a half years ago. The company declared bankruptcy today and we're what, the fall of 2023. You've gone from 51 million to bankrupt. The product is still being used. It doesn't matter. If you can't make a profit running your business, the business isn't going to last. Tesla really struggles making a profit. Even Uber, Uber's been around for 15 years, Mike. It just made a profit for the first time last quarter in 15 years. It made a profit. I guess great products and great companies are two different things, aren't they? They really are. So always try and avoid chasing the hot thing, the new thing, even though they may have the market cornered on the greatest technology in the world, it doesn't mean it's a good investment. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. You've been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.